It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. A century and a half ago, Henry David Thoreau said, quote, Thank God men cannot fly, lest they would lay waste to the sky as they have done to the earth. I've recited Thoreau's words in the past, forgive me, but they never leave my mind, ever. Such a reality has long since come to pass. How many other atrocities are the controllers behind? Could such a list ever be compiled or truly quantified? And even now, so many are so willing to believe whatever they're told. So many are so willing to do whatever they're told without even questioning, let alone investigating. Climate engineering operations are the crown jewel of the global controllers, i.e. those who control the printing of limitless money from thin air. No matter what controller threat one may try to hide from or escape, on the ground, we, all of us, are completely defenseless from what is done to us via the skies above. The ramifications are grave and many. You're listening to the commercial-free, non-political, global alert news hour, the bad news broadcast that covers what we need to know if we're to have any chance of changing course. And here's an update about the course we're currently on. Drought and deluge are both being utilized by the climate engineers to completely derail agricultural production, not just in the U.S., but around the world. Closer to home, this report from last week, controlling and curtailing food production. Thousands of California farmers told drought could cut off their water. Let's stop there for an on-the-record clarification. Climate engineering operations have cut off California's water. Also for the record, it must rain more overall on a rapidly warming planet. The laws of physics make this clear. The atmosphere holds 7% more moisture for every degree C of warming. And based on frontline temperature readings, we have likely already passed 3.5 degrees C from pre-industrial baseline temperatures. We are through the guardrail. There's no turning back. Geoengineering programs, RE Weather Warfare, are supercharging the entire process. The decimation of agricultural production continues by the climate engineering cabal. From the report, this, thousands of Central California farmers were warned Tuesday that they could face water cutoffs this summer as the state deals with drought that already has curtailed federal and state irrigation supplies. The State Water Resources Control Board notified about 6,600 farmers in the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta watershed who have rights to use water from the Central Valley estuary of impending water unavailability. That's a quote. That may continue until winter rains come, whenever that might be. This is how dry things are. That's a statement from Water Board Chairman Joaquin Escoval. He told this to the Sacramento Bee. He further stated, the hydrology that we're seeing is not there. There will not be enough natural flow, end quote. Governor Gavin Newsom last month declared a drought emergency for much of the state, including the Central Valley. The U.S. Drought Monitor says most of California's population is in areas suffering from extensive drought just a few years after California emerged from the last punishing multi-year dry spell. For the record, California never emerged from the ongoing worsening drought scenario. I'll go over that in much more detail later in this broadcast. But we were statistically, according to all available science in the worst drought in 1,200 years, in 2014, and it's never gotten better. So how can they backtrack on that now and claim that only a few years ago everything was fine? That's a blatant, glaring lie designed to pacify populations, to divide and, and confuse them on the true state of and severity of 
the unfolding drought apocalypse. Newsom knows what's behind it all. And I know he knows because I personally presented climate engineering data to Newsom and his top aide in his office at the Capitol. Newsom is a tool of the controllers and nothing more. He'll do what he's told. Denying the climate engineering assault, pretending it isn't happening, is one of his top tasks. Many narratives are being posted that the entire California water emergency is rooted in the, quote, mismanagement of water. I've been asked to address this narrative and will do so later in this broadcast. What else are the global power brokers planning behind closed doors? The G7 states that climate change is the most important topic. What's their part in this scenario? They have been at the core of creating the paradigm that helped to decimate the planet in the first place, and then further fueling the implosion of the planet's life support systems by hijacking weather and climate functions for their own agendas. Question, what's the greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face? If that question is asked from a hundred different individuals, how many different answers will be offered up? Depending on the individual's political or religious affiliations, depending on which mainstream media source of divide and confuse and conquer disinformation they feed from for their opinions, and with few exceptions, almost none have any notion whatsoever of the fact that the planet's life support systems are failing, that those systems on which all our lives completely depend are under assault by countless forms of human activity with the highly toxic climate engineering insanity being at the top of the list. If the human race remains on the current course, none of us will be here much longer. That's a mathematical and statistical fact. And that doesn't mean centuries. It doesn't mean decades. Again, mathematically and statistically speaking, the final impact is unfolding now. The human race and the entire web of life is under assault by a global cancer of criminality and control. But we must never forget, they, those in control, those that print the money, couldn't do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population, something we must always remember and consider. Let's cover some headlines. First, this. What's in every breath we take? Particles so small that they can't be seen with the naked eye. This headline from last week, Plastic Rain is the New Acid Rain. From that report, writing in the Journal of Science, researchers report a startling discovery. After collecting rainwater and air samples for 14 months, researchers find that over 1,000 metric tons of microplastic fall on 11 protected areas in the U.S. annually, equivalent to over 120 million plastic water bottles. But is all that plastic really coming from deteriorating plastic water bottles? Consider that polymer fibers are part of the climate engineering operations. I'm in no way downplaying the atrocity of plastic pollution all over the globe, but I'm saying that is not the only part of this problem. And the bigger part of the problem, atmospherically, is not being mentioned by any official science source. Another headline, global debt from $300 trillion to over $2 quadrillion in the next 5 to 10 years. Won't have to worry about that timeline because we're not going to make it anywhere near that far before collapse hits like an oncoming train. Next headline, frustrated home buyers are competing with investment funds that are literally buying up entire neighborhoods. But those that do own homes are using their home for an ATM machine with artificially inflated values due to their near zero interest rates in the mortgage market and free money being passed out by the stock market Ponzi scheme, big government and the bankers that control both. It's not going to last for much longer. Wait and see. The card house is going to come down. Next headline, Deutsche Bank issues dire economic warning for America. 
Never forget, nature has historically provided 75% of all global GDP for free, no longer. As nature implodes, societies must follow. There is no other possibility. But wait, the president's spend and build infrastructure plan will get everything back on track, right? Total insanity and all coming to a head. Building infrastructure on a dying planet with no attention to the fact that when the planet dies, we will die. On that note of good cheer, next headline, tens of millions of Americans going hungry. Another headline related, food allergies complicate hungry Americans' search for food. And for the record, those rapidly increasing food allergies have gone up in lockstep with increases in autism, which has also been in mathematical lockstep with the increase in required vaccinations for our children. Not giving you a conclusion, just simply stating that all of those statistics are in lockstep. You decide what fits where in the puzzle. Next headline, North Korea is facing a, quote, tense food shortage. That's from the New York Times. Food crops and fisheries are collapsing around the globe. Can't be hidden for much longer. Another headline, same subject. North Mississippi farmers experience total loss for some crops after unprecedented flooding, drought, deluge, climate engineering. All inseparable. Next headline, extreme heat in the West could break 200 records and produce temperatures up to 127 degrees. Actually went to 129 degrees last week in the southwestern U.S. Also for the record, far more temperature records are reported from exponentially smaller regions in the case of engineered cold events. When it's a massive heat dome producing unprecedented heat over huge areas, they take perhaps a tenth of the temperature readings and records that they would if it was an engineered cold event. And that's how they skew the data. That's how they mask the true severity of planetary meltdown until the last possible moment. Another headline, Colorado weather, an intense and long-lived heat wave incoming. How do they know all the time? Because they are reading a script passed down to the nation's weathermen, National Weather Service and NOAA, by private defense contractors Raytheon and Lockheed Martin that do all the weather modeling for the U.S so-called weather forecasters. The foxes running the hen house. Another headline, same theme. Hoover Dam is on the brink of its first ever water shortage amid, quote, mega drought. Taps are going to be turned off soon, and then the fun's really going to start. Goodbye, Vegas. And all the while, the core causal factor to the cutting off of precipitation into the western U.S., which is climate engineering, goes completely unacknowledged. The climate engineering elephant in the sky. More headlines. Nearly 2 million Northern Californians are under a water shortage emergency as state grapples with severe drought. It's not just severe drought. It's completely unprecedented drought. Unprecedented in the geologic record going back thousands of years. Another headline. This is from Power Structure Controlled NBC News. It says, drought is here to stay in the Western U.S. How will states adapt? Question mark. How does NBC know the drought is here to stay? Because they're reading the script they've been given, and that is the plan, so long as the climate engineers are allowed to continue doing what they're doing. Next headline. Why are hordes of wealthy people hitting the escape button and heading to Montana? It's very interesting. If you look at the U.S. drought monitor, as bad as the drought is in the U.S. West and in Montana, in the center of Montana, there's an area, a region, large region, that shows normal precipitation. That's interesting, isn't it? Next headline, the same criminals that own Big Pharma also own the media, i.e. those who control the printing of money. All roads lead there. Remember that. Next headline, not ready to eat GMO animals, question mark. 
then you might not want to order the salmon. Salmon, farm salmon, are considered the most toxic food you can eat. Something nature used to provide in abundance for free now has to be farmed in an incredibly toxic fashion. Next headline on the same subject. Salmon face extinction throughout the U.S. West. And the article states, blame these four dams. That's from the U.K. Guardian. With no mention of the fact that there is very little rain, very little runoff, waters are superheating the incredibly intense UV radiation in the water, there is aluminum particulate matter. I was contacted by the state's top biologist, this is in California, who was working on the Delta Smelt endangered species scenario. I still have the emails from this individual who told me he had identified aluminum particulates adhered to the gills of the smelt. The same is true for the salmon juveniles that are being released into the now superheating rivers. And every time this state biologist tried to bring this issue to light, he said he got a boot put over his neck. That's how the system works. Pretend it's not happening, crush any information, and keep doing business as usual until we hit the wall at full velocity, and that's happening now. Next headline. It's raining forever chemicals around the Great Lakes. Scientists find our entire planet is polluted. And stop and consider how, much, how many toxic elements it takes to cover the entire sky with the climate engineering operations. All of that raining down to earth. Toxic heavy metals, aluminum, barium, strontium, polymer fibers, and now it's becoming so ubiquitous, it can't be hidden. Thankfully, some academicians are starting to tell the truth, but that process needs to continue because thus far, the human race and the entire web of life have been completely betrayed by so-called academia. Another headline, USS Reagan Strike Group enters heavily disputed South China Sea. The U.S. military, for the record, is in everyone's backyard or front yard. Question, what would Americans do if the Chinese, Russian, or Iranian militaries were sailing around in the Gulf of Mexico? How many even now blindly wave their flags with a might-makes-right mentality, stripping away the planet's last remaining resources to create yet more weapons of mass destruction on a dying planet? That's total insanity. Search U.S. military hardware aircraft graveyards. The images are beyond shocking. Thousands of mothballed aircraft spread across vast expanses of land and in other regions, thousands and thousands of tanks and armored vehicles, all of them sitting and rotting. The graveyards of perpetual war on a finite planet with finite resources. The planetary asylum that we live in. And of course, I fully recognize that all military machines from all countries are guilty and corrupt. But in the case of the U.S. military, it's a matter of scale, a scale that dwarfs all of the rest. But perhaps winning the lottery will fix everything. This headline, Ohio's fourth Vaximillion winners announced. Who won this week's vaccine lottery? How truly desperate the controllers are to try and make sure everyone receives their injection. Same subject. Next 15 winners of California's COVID-19 vaccine lottery selected for a $50,000 prize. Just two examples of the controllers' desperation to push their concoctions on populations that have largely refused to even investigate what those concoctions contain. Another headline, autism rates in the U.S. continue to rise. No surprise. 
If you investigate that issue, those dots are not hard to connect. Next headline, COVID-19 leads to brain changes and Alzheimer's-like dementia, a new study finds. That's from RT World News and other sources. It just keeps getting worse, doesn't it? And yet, even now, how few even care about the true origin of this scenario? How many care to investigate, honestly and objectively? Next headline, Americans find another point of polarization as poll shows that 79% of Democrats support employers forcing workers to get COVID-19 jabs. And for the record, though, this is not a Democrat, Republican, left, right, conservative, liberal scenario. That's all orchestrated divide and conquer strategy by those in power. How clear can that be at this point? Each of the mainstream stations that cater to a certain demographic put speakers on their particular programming that are the most offensive to the other demographic. They both do it. They all do it. That's part of the plan. Divide and conquer, divide and conquer. It's always been the case. Another headline. Another 60 million Johnson & Johnson doses produced at troubled Baltimore plant are tainted, the FDA says. And this from that report. Of the ruined doses, 10 million will be sold in the U.S. and abroad with a special warning label that regulators can use for drugs that are in short supply. In other words, if you're desperate, just take the tainted dose. The warning will read that, quote, regulators cannot guarantee that Emergent Biosolutions, the company that operates the plant, followed good manufacturing practices. We truly live in a planetary asylum. Question, how many vaccidents are occurring that official sources are sweeping under the rug every single day, hiding it from populations? And there's this, pushing the now the Delta CV-19 variant. This headline from last week. It says, now they are warning that the Delta variant will cause the biggest COVID wave of the entire pandemic. The fires just keep being stoked. That's what geoengineeringwatch.org stated from the very beginning of this entire scenario. That new versions of the CV-19 pathogen would continue to crop up. And indeed they have. From this report, it states, I'm worried about those who are unvaccinated. That's a quote from United States Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. He told this to CNN. He noted that the Delta variant is rapidly increasing here in the United States. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are saying this is a more, quote, transmissible form of the virus and can cause more serious disease, end quote. So, in summary, the U.S. Surgeon General and the Centers for Disease Control say they are worried about the fate of the unvaccinated. Let's take a look at other countries where the majority of the population has been vaccinated. According to data from Reuters, Chile has one of the world's highest vaccination rates. Around 75% of its 15 million population have already received a vaccination, and nearly 58% are completely inoculated. On a per capita basis, Chile is among the five most vaccinated countries in the world, again, per capita. So, with that in mind, Chilean health authorities announced a blanket lockdown across the capital, Santiago, on Thursday, following some of the worst COVID-19 case numbers since the pandemic began, despite having fully vaccinated most of its population. Imagine that. Not seeing that on nightly news, are we? Moving forward, global health authorities are telling us that this summer could be the time when we see the biggest numbers that we have witnessed during the pandemic so far, again, as stated earlier. In fact, scientists in the UK are warning that there could be 100,000 new cases per day in that country as soon as July. What does the CV-19 scenario have to do with the collapsing climate system and Earth's collapsing life support systems has everything to do with it. Again, consider that the global controllers 
are well aware of the fact that the planet can no longer support global populations. What actions would we expect them to take, given the fact that they are only concerned with preserving and perpetuating their own power at any cost to anyone? You decide where those puzzle pieces fit together. The current occupant of the White House first shut down an investigation into the origins of CB-19 and then reversed it, backing a, quote, commission to, quote, investigate. Like the so-called investigative commission on the events of 9-11, we can only expect more cover-up. The so-called 9-11 commission report threw all damning data that pointed toward the true perpetrators out the window. The so-called 9-11 commission report didn't even mention Building 7, the third steel structure high-rise to collapse. This one at free fall speed. This building never got hit by anything. If you have not seen Building 7 coming down in seven seconds, free fall speed, search it online and view it and consider it never got hit by anything. And how could it fall in its own footprint at that speed without something extraordinary that we're not being told? An honest and objective investigation of what truly happened on 9-11 would lead those who embark on that journey to a place they don't want to be and thus most don't take a single step on that journey. That needs to change. Hiding from the truth won't alter the ramifications or the coming consequences. Power structure desperation is now accelerating exponentially. And how many are still clinging to the belief that the controllers actually care about them, about their lives, and about their posterity? How are the controllers responding to the now unfolding, cascading collapse of Earth's climate and life support systems? How many have had the courage to actually carry out honest and objective investigation, again, of the entire CV-19 scenario and what the controllers are pushing as a so-called cure for the CV-19 scenario? And yes, we're told to just pick an injection. Anyone. Doesn't matter. That's what we're told. We're told that all of them are, quote, safe and effective. We're told that anyone who says otherwise is just a, quote, conspiracy theorist. Connect the dots and keep an eye to the wider horizon that the controllers are trying desperately to hide until the last possible moment. The planet's life support systems are completely collapsing. The former paradigm was never sustainable. The number of moving parts in industrialized, militarized society is mind-numbing. Moving parts that all need to be manufactured and maintained with resources that are constantly being looted, plundered, and pillaged from nature, from a now-dying planet. Resources that are finite. How clear can this equation be at this point? We are hitting the wall. The controllers are completely desperate, and they're doing exactly what we should have always expected them to do, exactly what geoengineeringwatch.org again has said they would do from the beginning, for well over a decade. And they, i.e. the controllers, i.e. the money printers, are not done playing their cards yet. Not even close. Wait and see. Many more frontline breaking reports in a moment. Reports that cover the converging catastrophes that are closing in on all of us by the day. First, I want to express my deepest gratitude to each and every individual that's doing their best to stay informed, to wake others with credible data from a credible source, and in doing so, helping to turn the tide of insanity. Thank you for making your voice heard on this most critical effort to sound the alarm. It's our collective efforts that can yet make a difference. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the Global Alert News Hour, episode number 306, June 19th, 2021. This is the Bad News Broadcast.
but it's critical information that covers the issues we must face if we're to have any chance of changing course. This non-political, commercial-free frontline news broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org and paid for by geoengineeringwatch.org. This news hour is broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Washington State, on the East Coast, in Alabama, Chicago, San Antonio, Texas, Tampa, Florida, and now San Francisco, Sacramento, and San Diego. And again, likely several more broadcasts coming soon, perhaps as early as next week. I'll announce that then. Recordings of this broadcast can be found at geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent top stories and radio sections. The latest geoengineeringwatch.org awareness raising materials can be ordered from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for our approximate cost of producing and shipping. And these printed materials are the most effective at waking those around you. A picture is worth a thousand words. There is photocopies of the federal gag order on all National Weather Service and no employees, patents, NASA satellite images. Again, we print in mass and make it available for at or below our cost just to get these materials into circulation. Even with postal rates going up, we have not raised our package, material package rates, taking a loss on many of the shipments. We simply are desperate to sound the alarm on this issue because our futures collectively depend on dealing with what's happening in our skies. The recently completed geoengineeringwatch.org documentary on climate engineering titled The Dimming is now posted on the top center of the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage. Please help us to overcome social media censorship and to expose the insanity in our skies by sharing the link to this groundbreaking documentary, again, that fully exposes the ongoing climate engineering onslaught. Please share that link via email directly from our site. That way we bypass social media censorship. In regard to those that are tasked with covering up the crimes of the climate engineers, the weather makers and the media sources they control, like the Weather Channel, are using the manipulated Gulf of Mexico storm to distract from the also-engineered western U.S. incineration. The Gulf storm will be used as an atmospheric moisture pump to yet again provide the weather makers with the moisture they need to cloud seed over the eastern U.S. with chemical ice nucleating elements to yet again engineer another eastern U.S. cool-down. The eastern U.S., which is statistically the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world for the last nine years in a row. That's not an act of nature. That is a direct result of climate engineering operations. On Monday, there was actually a fresh snow on the top of Mount Shasta in Northern California. It was gone in a day and a half, but consider how absurd that is, given the fact that we had temperatures of 110 on the last day of May, and now there's a fresh dusting of snow. It was pure white on Tuesday morning. We photographed it, and this is what we see from the climate engineers, these momentary, artificially created, in this case, chemical ice nucleation is utilized to create some sort of anomalous winter-like feature, and that's used to distract and divide the population in regard to the true state of the planetary meltdown. Mount Lassen and Shasta already have almost no snow, and it's still the end of spring. Up until a few years ago, much of the snow on these iconic mountains remained all year into the following winter, and now it's all but gone before summer has even arrived. What's the single largest climate disrupting factor of all? Climate engineering. What's the most core causal factor behind the unprecedented droughts and high-pressure heat domes in the U.S. West and elsewhere around the world? Again, climate engineering operations. There can be no legitimate discussion of the climate, of the unfolding and accelerating climate 
cataclysms from any perspective without first and foremost addressing the massive and blatant climate engineering insanity. More headlines from last week. Dangerous heat wave grips U.S. Southwest as temperatures hit 120 degrees Fahrenheit in some areas. We know now they hit 129 degrees in some areas of the U.S. Southwest. 129. This report states more than 48 million people across the West are now under heat advisory watches or warnings from the National Weather Service, which, by the way, gets their script from Raytheon. Geoengineering contractor Raytheon supplying the script to the gag-ordered National Weather Service employees. The NWS predicted that there would be statewide records broken in Nevada and Arizona, along with hundreds of new daily record high temperatures in cities across the U.S. West. Again, those records have been broken. But also for the record, given the size of the geographic area impacted by the record heat the high-pressure heat dome, the total number of population affected should be higher still, but the controllers don't want to overly alarm populations before they, the controllers, are completely ready for the unfolding collapse to occur. Because, in fact, heat records were broken in numerous other western states, as this next headline alludes to. California, Nevada, Arizona, and Utah face extreme heat, worsening drought, and raising risk of wildfires. This report states... This type of heat is unusual for the month of June. That's a statement from Julie Malingowski. She's a meteorologist with the National Weather Service. And she added that most heat waves that have historically affected the western U.S. occurred in July and August. The triple-digit heat is expected to extend from Tuesday through Saturday in some areas with little reprieve overnight. Again, the overnight temperature is not cooling off. Sun goes down, temperatures don't. And that's indicative of an induced high-pressure heat dome descending air causes it to heat, the heat can't escape at night. Again, this is a signature of an ionosphere heater-induced high-pressure heat dome that's occurring again and again and again over the U.S. West. It's connected to many other geoengineering objectives. What they're doing in the West is connected to a conveyor that affects the entire world. But certainly at this point, based on all available data and the consistency of the cutting off of precipitation into the U.S. West, the data indicates that the U.S. West is not just a climate sacrifice zone. It is also a target. And because of the agricultural production here, such a conclusion must be a consideration. But ultimately, the objective of this broadcast is to supply data so that you can decide where the puzzle pieces fit on your own. Here's a final statement from this report. The National Weather Service Climate Prediction Center anticipates that temperatures will continue to be higher than normal throughout the summer. Again, the planet's in total meltdown, but this is the scheduled weather. Make no mistake about that. If the climate engineering operations remain consistent with previous years, the West will be dried and fried, while the East, U.S. East, will be kept consistently less warm than the rest of the planet. Summers in Northern California are now nine months long. Not three. Fifteen years ago or more, there was about eight to nine months of on and off rain. Now it's three. This last winter, the rain started in December and stopped in March. I've been asked by numerous individuals to address two issues. Here's the first. The posting and propagating of the patently false narrative that there's no shortage of water. The patently false narrative that blames the problem on water being let out of the dams to serve downstream users which, of course, has always been the case. That's what dams are used for. The problem is this. Climate engineering is cutting off the flow of moisture into the U.S. West. 
for at least a decade and a half in some regions, two decades or more in others. It's highly damaging for the anti-climate engineering cause when far too many jump on board with completely baseless narratives that do nothing but distract from the core causal factor of climate engineering, which is further fueling the weather chaos and most especially the drought deluge scenarios. Let's examine some facts and statistics, starting with Lake Shasta and Shasta Dam, the second largest dam in the country. All rain that falls on my habitat preserve located on the eastern end of Lake Shasta drains into the Shasta Lake Basin. Since 2007, on my preserve, there has been approximately a 400-inch rain deficit. 400 inches. How do I arrive at such a figure? The historical average rainfall over my location is 70 inches a year. I've been over this on a previous broadcast, but I need to say it again because of the types of narratives that are being posted that, again, are harming the climate engineering cause, the cause of exposing and halting the insanity in our skies. So with an average annual rainfall of 70 inches in my location since 2007, on average, half as much rain has fallen. And this year, only 20 inches fell, less than a third. So let's do the math. Using averages, 14 years times a 35-inch per year average deficit. That's how much? That's well over 400 inches. Well over 400 inches. Again, I'm being very conservative with my statistics. And even then, they're shocking. Orographically enhanced rainfall is being radically diminished by the climate engineering operations. This fact isn't being reported. Orographically enhanced rain means that when clouds pass over higher topography, i.e. mountains, much more rain is normally produced as the cloud moisture is squeezed out of the rain by the clouds having to pass over the higher topography. So, for example, if Redding, California got a normal annual rainfall of 33 inches, my region of higher topography northeast of Redding should get 70 inches. Higher mountains further east and north of me should get well over 100 inches or more. But this isn't occurring. Many of these regions are now only getting what the valley locations of Redding is getting, which can be as low as 20% of the past historical norms for these regions, 20% or less. Climate engineering operations, which include cloud seeding with climate engineering elements and the manipulation of these elements with microwave transmissions, are the core causal factor for the cutting off of precipitation in the U.S. West and other regions around the globe. We must remember and consider climate engineering operations, i.e. weather warfare. This is the crown jewel weapon of the military-industrial complex, a weapon by which populations can be brought to their knees without these populations ever even knowing or understanding. They were under assault. Food production can be decimated, and nature is blamed. I'm not ignoring the endless list of human activities that are wreaking havoc on the planet and its life support systems, but climate engineering is by far the most destructive, and it is completely ignored by the legions of so-called environmental organizations and their faithful followers. Same with spiritual institutions. Both of these groups are protecting their 501 nonprofits and ignoring the biggest hole of all in the bottom of the boat. And for the record, I'll continue to repeat this, that there can be no legitimate discussion of the collapsing climate from any perspective without first and foremost addressing the ongoing global climate engineering operations. If we, the human race, remain on the current course, our days are numbered. Back to my habitat preserve on the east side of Lake Shasta, a creek that originates on my land that once contained the most beautiful native trout is now all but dry, now only flowing occasionally 
when some winter rain does fall. The trout died out years ago due to the low flows and now far too warm water. Ponds on my preserve that never went dry all year till three or four years ago are bone dry right now. And it's still, quote, spring. The temperatures in the forest of Northern California right now, on the day that this broadcast is occurring, are 110 degrees plus. Paleo geologic data indicates we are statistically in the worst drought in at least 1,200 years. That's a conservative figure. There is no water to, quote, mismanage, as so many are now baselessly claiming. The fuel moisture in the foliage in the forest is also at record low levels. And again, this is, quote, spring. Last week on my habitat preserve, we dug a 12-foot deep hole and checked for soil moisture 12 feet deep, and we found none. Bone dry, 12 feet down. The trees in which all of our lives depend are trying to survive off of nothing. Unprecedented forest die-off is occurring all over the world. It's going exponential. And let's not forget, in addition to having no water, with summer just starting, any rain that the climate engineers have allowed to fall this season is laden with highly toxic bioavailable heavy metals and polymers, which kill soil microbial life and the root systems of the forest. And then there's the lethal and off-the-scale UV radiation bombarding the forest from above, and us as well, including UVC radiation. That's the last spectrum of UV radiation before X-ray. This is all from the collapsing ozone layer. And again, climate engineering is at the core of this destruction. But no one wants to talk about that, no matter how intense the UV radiation becomes. Societies as a whole seem more content pretending that it'll all just magically work itself out. How many continue to ignore what they can see occurring in our skies with their own eyes because they would rather believe the official narrative that climate engineering is just a, quote, conspiracy theory. We're all officially told we're not really seeing what we're seeing and the majority gulp that blatant lie down. About the UV radiation that can easily be felt by anyone that's not in a coma, not just our skin, but on surfaces. But the majority, again, would rather pretend it's always been that way. They would rather pretend nothing is wrong, because if it was, some official public protection agency would warn us, right? Such a conclusion is total delusion. So-called public protection agencies are formed and managed by the power structure cancer for the purpose of hiding threats from populations, not disclosing them. But about the dying forests, that's just the beetles killing the trees. That's what we're officially told. Just nature being bad. Again, such a narrative is total deception. Just the official narrative put out by the controller agencies and the obedient minions that serve them. The beetles are a symptom of a sick and dying tree, not the core causal factor of the tree's demise. Smoke and mirrors, that's the tool of the controllers on so many fronts. And about the rest of Earth's insect populations, including the pollinators on which all our lives depend, collapse has already occurred. GeoengineeringWatch.org was the first major source to announce this almost 10 years ago. 80% insect population declined, and now the rest of the science world has had to acknowledge the insect collapse because they can no longer hide it. The climate engineers and the controllers they serve are again laying the foundation for unprecedented northern hemisphere wildfire incinerations. The cause of ignition is not relevant in this conversation. Any idiot with a match can play that part. What must be publicly exposed is that the conditions which facilitate the incinerations are directly connected to the ongoing climate engineering operations. Search and review the Engineering Wildfire section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn what most don't want to know. As stated earlier, Mount Shasta got a fresh dose of snow last Monday. The top of the mountain was brilliant white on Tuesday morning. 
Again, don't mind the fact that all of it was melted by Wednesday. And the temperatures in the valleys below the mountain were well over 110 degrees by Thursday. But many jump up and down and proclaim that the planetary meltdown must not be that bad, right? After all, again, Mount Shasta just got a shot of snow from some passing cloud cover out of which the rest of the North State got nothing in the way of precipitation. What a circus of insanity it all is. And even now, few are willing to actually investigate and fully face the unspun truth. Comforting lies feel much better, but only temporarily until we collectively hit the wall at full velocity, a wall that many or most never saw coming, no matter how glaring it was, because they were determined to keep their eyes wide shut until the moment of impact. Please don't be in that category. Please search the engineering winter section, engineering wildfire section, engineering drought sections on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about these processes, patented processes, chemical ice nucleation, solar radiation management. All of these are part of the ongoing climate engineering operations, which are wreaking havoc with the Earth's climate system. One more question to answer, again, that many have repeatedly asked me to address, the issue of so-called primary water. The stated claim in question is that this source of water could eliminate all our drought problems. The primary source of information on so-called primary water is, not surprisingly, the Primary Water Institute. What, or should I say who, is the apparent primary source of information for the Primary Water Institute? An individual they call the Hungarian Water Wizard. And here's another excerpt from the Primary Water Institute, so-called proof page. A quote from the Quran that states this, For among rocks there are some from which rivers gush forth. Others there are which, when split asunder, send forth water, in quote, from the Quran. And that's on the proof page for the Primary Water Institute? That's the gist of what I could find from this source. There were, of course, more claims made, but nothing which could be verified in any way, shape, or form. To those that have asked me to address this issue, again, like the former issue I just addressed with the mismanagement of water, water that doesn't exist. You can't mismanage water which doesn't exist. This narrative as well only harms the critically important battle to expose and halt climate engineering operations. Does deep strata water exist? Yes. Are deep strata aquifers in any way a panacea to magically remedy the increasingly apocalyptic engineered drought scenarios that are now not just killing forests all over the world, not just setting the stage for epic wildfires, But now the engineered drought scenarios are clearly targeting food-producing regions. This is not just an accident. It's not just climate engineering collateral damage. About deep strata aquifers, the cost of drilling to them is beyond extreme. The cost of getting the water to the surface is worse still. The narrative that this or that water source of currently accessible aquifers is, quote, primary water is completely baseless. So many claims are made about the magic fix this subject provides, unfortunately, without any factual basis. Let's pretend, for example, that a well driller could start punching holes in the ground all over the landscape and that so-called primary water would magically appear. Are we then to set up hundreds of millions of acres of sprinklers to water dying forests all over the world? I've often wondered, have the originators of this primary water narrative actually been involved in any way with the drilling of a single water well? Has there been a single documented case of accessing so-called primary water with a standard surface well drilling rig? No, at least none stated. I've been directly involved with the drilling of about 50 wells in Northern California, 
Southern California, and Arizona. It's a difficult process at best with all too often hit and miss results. And pumping water out of even an exceptional well is costly in regard to the equipment and materials needed. And the ongoing maintenance and the power requirements must be considered as well. In regard to growing food, conditions are now so hellish in so many agricultural regions that watering doesn't help much, if at all, even if the water was available. Again, this reminder, photosynthesis stops at 104 degrees. Even at high temperatures below 104, photosynthesis is greatly reduced. And then there's the vapor pressure deficit factor, i.e. the extreme diminishment of atmospheric humidity in many agricultural and forested regions. The lack of atmospheric relative humidity triggers a shutting of stomata on plants and trees and crops. Stomata is the respiratory port that allows the plants and trees to breathe, to feed, to uptake carbon, and to release oxygen. Again, climate engineering operations are the core causal factor in regard to the radical reduction of atmospheric relative humidity over many regions. Highly Toxic climate engineering particulates, heavy metals and polymers are blocking evaporation over vast sections of some ocean surfaces. Extreme climate engineering aerosol dispersions can and is also preventing precipitation from falling over many regions even when clouds and cloud moisture is present. It's much easier to see to diminish or eliminate rain than it is to augment rainfall. Remember and consider that. In other regions, variations of climate engineering aerosol dispersions Larger particles being sprayed, for example, can provide a cloud condensation nucleating material that has the opposite effect. Again, this type of cloud seeding augments precipitation. In summary, the weather makers decide where it will rain and where it won't and how toxic that rain will be. Could the controllers include biological elements in the mix of the ongoing atmospheric spraying operations? If, for example, they felt they were losing control of the narrative and thus losing control of societies? What do you think? You decide. Please forgive me for the ranting, but here's the bottom line. Dams are empty, forests are dying, crops are failing, because the climate engineers are cutting off the flow of precipitation in countless regions all over the world. So-called primary water is a factless panacea in regard to the claims of such deep water strata sources being a magic cure to the unfolding and accelerating apocalyptic drought scenarios. And both narratives do nothing but harm to the critically important task of exposing and halting the climate engineering weather warfare assault on populations all over the world. About my personal effort to grow food this year, what was once easy in my location not many years ago is now all but impossible. I have some melon vines in shaded areas, lots of blooms, no pollinators, no melons. All my citrus fruits, mandarins, lemons, and oranges have all dropped, regardless of receiving more than adequate water, all dropped. They cannot take the heat. They cannot take the lack of humidity. They can't take the incredibly intense UV radiation. How are we to feed ourselves if such crops can't be grown in a forested location of Northern California? Back to the core problem. Again, climate engineering operations and all that they entail. From the Weather Channel, this headline from last week, heat dome to set records in the West much of this week. The report states dangerously hot temperatures will get parts of the West this week, smashing numerous daily record highs. A large dome of high pressure, this is what's important about this particular report, a large dome of high pressure in the upper atmosphere has developed over the West. Beneath the dome, sinking air is causing temperatures to soar to well over 100 degrees, 129 in many locations. How many times over how many years have I mentioned on this broadcast and so many others about the ionosphere heater-induced high-pressure heat domes. This is very well-acknowledged technology. It's not speculation. It's not theory. It's not hypothesis. Please search 
the term ionosphere heater and learn about this incredibly alarming technology. More headlines from last week, same theme. Heat wave worsens across the American West, raising concerns of power outages and wildfires. Part of the plan. Another headline, ongoing fish kill in the Klamath River is absolute worst case scenario. They're talking about salmon. I'll elaborate more on what the problem is in that situation and many other rivers in a moment. Bear with me. Bottom line, the food supply is collapsing from every conceivable direction. Another headline last week from AccuWeather. Temperature roller coaster continues in Northeast as summer looms. The weather whiplash scenario of which patented processes of chemical ice nucleation for weather modification is a part of the scenario. Search the engineering winter section to find out more how these, of how these engineered cooldowns are carried out. Another headline from LiveScience.com from last week. Quote, climate tipping points could push us past the point of no return after less than two degrees C of warming. A little late for that because frontline data indicates we're past three and a half degrees C right now. Headlines to pacify populations until the brutal bitter end. Another headline from last week. From multiple sources, irreversible warming tipping point possibly triggered, says Arctic Mission Chief. Not possibly. It was triggered about two decades ago. We are now in free fall to a completely different and far less hospitable planet. New from the dailyclimate.org. Solar geoengineering. Scientists decree, quote, a foolish idea. Little late for that. It's been ongoing for over 75 years with cataclysmic results. From AccuWeather.com from last week. Massive cloud of dust sweeps across the Atlantic and heads toward the U.S. Think that's just dust from Africa? Think again. Much more to that story. Don't have time to cover it in depth here. I'm sorry. I'm almost out of time. From CNN, wildfire smoke stopped Phoenix from breaking record high of 115 degrees. The geoengineers are utilizing wildfire smoke to augment their atmospheric particulate loading efforts. For more information on that specific subject, search the engineering wildfire section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for a 22-minute report that addresses that exact subject. About the dying salmon in now warm, slow-flowing rivers in the U.S. West. This headline from last week. Earth's lakes are losing oxygen rapidly due to global warming with potentially devastating effects for wildlife as well as drinking water, new study finds. The study states oxygen levels in temperate freshwater lakes are falling faster than in oceans. And that's incredibly alarming because the oxygen content in oceans are dropping radically fast. When oxygen levels decline, bacteria that thrive in the environments without oxygen, such as those that produce the powerful greenhouse gas methane, begin to proliferate. This is a major, major factor in our common future. The rapidly thawing and escaping methane in deposits all over the globe. Search Siberian methane craters and look at those photos. You'll be shocked to the core. This methane is entering the atmosphere, covering the planet like a layer of glass, and it holds all of our futures in the balance. There's enough methane on this planet to turn it into Venus, and the ongoing climate engineering operations are further fueling this process, not mitigating it. The planet's previous climate and environmental equilibrium has been completely obliterated. The controllers know it, they've done everything to cause it, and now they're playing their cards. Climate engineering operations in and of themselves are also trapping immense heat in the lower atmosphere. The changes are impacting all life forms. Where do we go from here? The entire web of life is now in completely uncharted territory. Behaviors are off track. For example, in the last 14 days, I've crossed paths with nine rattlesnakes around the perimeter of my off-grid Northern California home. Nine. I successfully caught and relocated seven to a faraway safe location by an isolated stream on my preserve that still has water in it. 
which the snakes, of course, need. From one of the rattlers, my son's 120-pound gray Doberman got a hard bite right in the snout, and though his nose, head, and neck swelled significantly, I'm familiar with treatment protocols. Thor, his dog, has now fully recovered. I caught two of the largest rattlers on the eve before this broadcast. The first successfully struck my right leg but didn't penetrate my cat cargo pants, thankfully. I've now relocated both of those snakes. The one that struck me was in the process of shedding his skin, and this clouds their vision. He couldn't see me clearly. He was certainly afraid. He was only trying to defend himself. In nearly 50 years of encounters with numerous species of rattlers, perhaps 150 individual specimens or more, I've never previously been struck, though I should have been, more times than I can count. Snakes, even rattlers, are a spectacular life form. They're just trying to survive, like us. On two occasions, while foraging in twilight hours for firewood, I found myself face-to-face in near-dark conditions with large rattlers, one a diamondback, on another occasion, a Mojave green. Either could have logically, should have logically bitten me in the face. Such a bite would have done horrific damage at minimum, but neither did. There were many other occasions that I should have been bitten, but was spared. I respect and regard all life forms, the entire web of life. That will never change. To an outside observer, for example, some form of truly intelligent and benevolent life from somewhere else, if there is, what would the behavior of the human race look like? The willful, ongoing, and accelerating destruction of the various planetary processes and life forms on which the human race is completely dependent for its own survival. And all the while, the vast majority of populations in the most affluent nations especially remain completely oblivious to the oncoming train of biosphere collapse, completely oblivious to the blatant and ongoing climate engineering atrocities in our skies, completely oblivious to the fact that governments around the world are nothing less than state-sponsored crime syndicates being run by the criminally insane. Power structures that control most media sources, thus the narrative, i.e. the flow of information. Global powers are absolutely colluding and cooperating on countless fronts, from CV-19 to climate engineering operations. There is no other possibility. No matter what the surface tensions may be between nations, no matter what theater of mass distraction mainstream media pumps out regarding the surface tensions themselves, global power centers are absolutely working together. Most mainstream media sources are assisting the controllers with their criminal cover-ups and ongoing deceptions. Thus, such media sources are criminal accomplices to all that's being carried out. Our former reality is over. It's not coming back. But we, the global population, could collectively still make a quantum leap in the right direction if we focused our combined efforts on what still matters, on what is still left to salvage for the potential future of at least some part of the human race. The controllers are not invincible. They are highly fallible and increasingly fearful. They could not do what they are doing without the active or passive support of the majority population. This must never be forgotten, and such cooperation must be brought to a halt. Reaching a critical mass of awareness in the population, and especially in the military, is the only way forward in this fight. This effort will take all of us. If we can fully pull back the curtain on the insanity, there is at least a possibility that we can curtail it. If the ongoing decimation of the planet's life support systems can be brought to a halt, if the planet is allowed to respond on its own to the damage already done, we could at least buy time. Never underestimate your personal power to help tilt the scale in the right direction. Any one of us could be the pebble that triggers the landslide of awareness. See the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details on how you can help to turn the tide of insanity. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.
www.thepeopleshow.org.